0: Friday Lunchtime Lectures at the Open Data Institute.
1: Well, hi everyone and welcome to today's Friday Lunchtime Lecture at the ODI. And today we have Sarah from Swell who's going to talk to us about OpenGov Intelligence, which is a project looking at better use of data in government and to make better design and policy decisions. And without further ado, I'm going to pass you over to Sarah. Oh wait, one more thing, Sorry. Just have to remember. Uh, please keep any questions till the end um, uh, when we'll have time for questions, and I will come around with the microphone for you. But yeah, now I'll pass over to Sarah. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Thanks for coming in your lunchtime, and um, thanks for having me. So, my name is Sarah, and I work at Swirl. We are data publishers, and we are based in Manchester, and we publish data for government. And today, I'm going to be chatting about our role in the Open Gov Intelligence project and the project as a whole. Um, Right, so the project is quite large. There are 12 partners in it. It's an EU-funded project, and it is three years in duration. So it started February 2016, and it will run till January 2019. The 12 partners span seven countries, and I will talk about the countries involved and the pilot partners involved as we get to them. A little bit later but just to give you a sense of the scale of it and this is the aim of the project it is all about how we can better use statistical data so that government can improve the design and provision of services so there are two common threads that run through this which I will come to in a moment but as a big umbrella overview this is what it's about Charlene, I don't know if you remember Charlene in Neighbours, but she's only there because she was a mechanic and she has a toolkit. And um, the toolkit for the OpenGov Intelligence project is one of the key parts of it. So um, it will be comprised of a toolkit to create and exploit statistical data, tools across the project in pilots, but also tools across the project as a whole. So there are software tools and also some guidelines and standardization that are going to be developed also policy documents and there are six pilots, so six pilots that are going to be testing better use of how better use of statistical data can help services. These are just two pilots from Top Gun um, they're not part of the project, but it was just to give you an idea that if a uh, one public sector organization is one partner then they have a tech partner with them so for example in the uk pilot swirl with are the tech partner we are working with trafford council and they are the public sector partner they have a really good understanding of the public service need so they are the people who are going to be thinking about the problem they want to solve and thinking about Testing that in a real-world situation, and we are the people Helping them publish their data and develop tools for that purpose so in effect if Trafford is Iceman we are their wingman, so that's how it works and it works like that across the project as well in the different pilots Which I will discuss So common threads there are six different topics, almost, that are involved in the pilot, so each pilot has a specific focus. In the UK, ours is employment, but there are lots of different ones which I will chat about in a moment. Throughout all of them, there are two common threads, and the main one is a standardised approach to publishing data, so this beautiful data cube here, which I will um, chat about in a minute is a representation of an RDF cube of data. And it basically means if you have a spreadsheet, you may have, this is our Olympic example, you may have years and you may have countries, so the countries who participated. And that's just two dimensions in the spreadsheet. And this is, this is just a generic way of showing statistical open data. Um, You might want to know however what medals they won and then it becomes more of a 3D image and there are lots of other dimensions. You might want to know the gender of the people who won the medals, you might want to know the age of the people who won the medals, you might want to know the location of where that what happened. So there was just there is open statistical data on the web and a big part of the Open Government Project is developing a standardised approach to publishing open statistical data, so that people can use it more easily to benefit public services. I will go to co-creation in a moment. Um, The whole point of it is that there are open statistical data sets now, but often the approach to public publishing them is fragmented and they're not compatible with each other so if you want to make something good with it if you want to make an app or if you want to make a visualization or if you want to make some kind of dashboard to help your service it's quite tricky to get to that data if it's from lots of in coming at you in lots of different ways so the project supports this standardized approach to publishing so that There can be tools that are developed across the pilots, but they all use the same method to get the data in and get the data out um, and access the data. So there's one element which is the standardised approach to publishing and the other one is co-creation which sounds quite buzzwordy but really what it means is more than user needs and testing. So it's the involvement of a broader group of people instead of just being somebody providing the service, it's thinking about communities, individuals, charities, citizens, businesses and their involvement in the design. And it's really hand in hand with standardizing the approach to publishing data because that data needs to be accessible so that people can get to it and so that they can use it. And An example of this is um, local planning, so local government planning applications. If, as a community, you wanted to think about a planning application and a strategy for that, then you would need data that was previously only available to government. But by putting it in a way that other people can get to it, they can use it to inform a strategy together so a community could get together and think about the planning application for the area that they live in. And yes, there are criteria that go along with that, but that whole data for meaning and impact, that's a a really strong argument for making that data as user-friendly as possible so you can draw it in and you can make the applications and dashboards and visualizations and whatever that would inform those decisions. So the co-creation part of it in each of the pilots is all about trying to involve more than just the person making the actual tool, right, which, and actually if I can just pull up. Jenny Tennyson did a talk recently at our Power of Data conference, um, and she spoke about policy design patterns. And we're trying to spread the word about that within the project, because that is a very transferable idea to this project as a whole. And you can find Jenny's chat on our Power of Data website. Right, so here we go. I'm going to talk about the pilots now. Relatively briefly, because there are six of them. But this is the Irish pilot, and there are three strands to this pilot. I almost went for a Baywatch picture, but I thought it probably wasn't appropriate if people are eating. So um, this is a search and rescue element, and this is a really exciting part of the Irish pilot. I think it is the idea that timely data, within from the Marine Institute, which are the one of the partners within this pilot, the Marine Institute and the University of Ireland, Um, timely data from them could change what is a like a recovery mission into a rescue mission. So it could make the difference between knowing when to go into the water to help somebody out. That's a really, I think, useful Idea and one that's quite exciting. So that's one aspect of what they're doing. Um, another aspect of the data that they're looking at is renewable wave energy. So we all know about wind power and wind energy, but renewable wave energy. There are lots of different resources and tools that they want to develop around that. And so, by through this project and through standardising the approach to publishing the data and make, developing tools for that, that's also addressing for hoping to start addressing that need and thirdly um, is tourism and leisure so in Galway where the marine institute are based there are a lot of sailing clubs surfing clubs and that kind of sport so and with the university as well there and the data can be helped to inform them those groups of people um, who might be interested in the wealth of information around the coast there so that's the Irish pilot and this goes on to the Belgian pilot this is um, a different slant so the Belgian pilot is about environmental emissions and oh, it's quite lovely and exciting thing to to have I'm not directly involved in their pilot but to have a bit of an insight in because what they're doing is they're trying to inform Their policy about emissions, so that, for example, if you are allowed 200 kilogram of a certain emission in a certain area, they give out permits to companies. And if they give out one permit that allows a company to emit 150 kilograms, that's fine. But then if they give out another permit within the same area that allows another company to emit 100 kilograms, then you've exceeded that total. And so what the Belgian pilot is looking at is developing a way of identifying that data and really thinking about if they are exceeding emissions in certain areas. And the Belgian pilot is looking at getting the data by organization and by location and by emission type and putting that within an app and we have a little example of, I mean, all of these things are a work in progress. We're just over a year into the project, but we have a little example to show you um, shortly about that one. And the Belgian partners are um, Flanders, the, the Belgian government there, and um, ProXML, who are the data wingmen. Castingfield, Phil, are not in the pilot. But Kirsty and Phil, location, 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 do make me think of the Estonian pilot and the Lithuanian pilot, both of which are to do with moving to an area and knowing a little bit about that area before investing there either to live or to create a business. So for the Estonian pilot, they, are, they have held several workshops. And they are targeting young professionals, particularly, but anybody really who wants to move to, say, Tallinn, but doesn't have a clear idea of what it's like there. So um, at the moment, they're developing a um, visualization that you can search by education, like schools or kindergartens or car accidents, um, and you can see whether the density of each in whichever area to inform your decision about whether you would like to move there. I am oversimplifying each of these pilots, there is a lot more to them, but just to give you a bit of a background. The Lithuanian pilot is about businesses and entrepreneurs who may want to move to Lithuania, so it is going to form part of an already existing website there to give a little bit more data and information to people who might want to start up and contribute to economy in Lithuania and you know make a real business and a life there and uh, on to Greece. Greece have a pilot related to um, vehicles for their administration so for their public services and they're trying to get some data on this so they know about the demand and supply for government vehicles and exactly how to um, inform their policies the more data they have the more information they have the more that they can make decisions actually informed by what's going on um, also to reduce paperwork there and they are working with both the Centre for Research and Technology, Hela, SIRTH sorry and, um, and other partners too and this is Manchester so um, this is the UK pilot and we are at SWIRL the tech partners for the pilot with Trafford but it's not just Trafford Council, it's also Greater Manchester Combined Authority and it's also the Department for Work and Pensions and the economic team within Trafford too. The point of this pilot is um, to do with worklessness and looking at factors that contribute to worklessness and the impact of that. And the aim of that is to develop a tool for the job centre plus managers. So they are more informed at a point of contact with somebody coming in and you can try and get more people into employment that way because at the moment not all of the data that they require um, is necessarily with them. So we're looking at a way of again, it's the same theme throughout all of these pilots, a way of standardising an approach to open statistical data and publishing it in a way so that people can get to it. So there's a lot of technical skullduggery, well, not skullduggery, it's completely the wrong word, but like a duck, swim it like swimming. And it looks all nice and cool at the top, but underneath there's a lot of work going on that's technical underneath. But the whole point of it is to make all of that accessible to people, whether they are trying to develop a tool for Job Centre Plus managers or whether they are trying to develop a tool to alert people to the wave conditions in um, off the irish coast and this is um, just what's going on now really i'm going to just do briefly a little a couple of nice examples there's lots going on throughout the pilots but obviously the scope is huge so just wanted to show you a couple of things and then chat a little bit briefly about what where the main tools and best practice guidelines are up to as well. So this is the Belgian pilot, and currently at its state of development. We are only a year in here, but it's a really, I think it's a really nice example of showing that you can zero in on the area that you're interested in. And it has graphs related to the emission types. And you can go and look really deeply at more granular level of the data, you can zoom in so that you see um, even kind of street level of emission types as well. And as you can go really into each emission as well and see all of the data points for that. And then this is just a screenshot really of the Estonian um, application at the moment. And you will be able to search an address somewhere that you're interested in and then it will zoom in and again in, in a, quite a similar way to the Belgian pilot you can see a visual of the information that you are interested in. Because the whole point of standardising the data and publishing it this way is to represent numbers about things on the web. That's the whole, that's the whole point of it in an easy way and the two things that we're currently working on both at SWIRL and also across the project are tools and standards and best practices tools for getting the data in and tools for getting the data out so this is grafter it's an open source um, development that SWIRL are working on but the ONS and NHS Digital and the Scottish Government are already using and it's ongoing in its development at the moment this is the tool for getting the data in within um, with to an RDF standard so it's transforming tabular data to RDF and that makes it easier to put on the web in a linked data fashion it means that when it's standardized when it's published in this linked way it's human readable. Machines can use it so that you can develop stuff with it and there's for every single data observation there is a place for it on the web, on the internet. So it's not just on the web, it's part of the web. If you wanted to look at a very singular observation you could go and share the link with whoever you wanted to. So that's quite an important part um, and it also allows you to take into account all of the detail of the data. So for analysis, and also, I'm sorry, I will just refer to this because there is a really nice phrase for this, and I have just it's just lost it off the top of my head. But there is a lovely thing that I did want to say about it. Perhaps so I will come back to that. Wonderful, okay. Right, maybe I'll come back. Anyway, so grafter gets, gets all of the information onto the web in a linked data format. And this is the way that we're gonna get the data out of the web for the whole project. So um, this is like an overarching project tool that we're working with, with SURF Um, and also with the University of Ireland, and it's a JSON Cube API. Now, I'm not a developer, I don't work on the tech team, but I do understand that this will act as an interface to people who do want to make things with the data. So, at the moment, open statistical data is often fragmented and incompatible, and so, at our recent conference, Steve Peters at DCLG said that how he would love to see an API that that could be used for different government data. And really, whilst there is so much data, statistical data is only one part of it, open statistical data, this this will help to address that within this project. So um, it will provide a web interface for anybody wanting to make an app or a visualization. Um, or something useful like a dashboard with the data to inform their public service, to inform their policy. And as well as the tools, so as well as the individual tools in the pilot, as well as the overarching tools that run across the pilot, we are also developing best practices. The project is developing best practices for use of RDF data cube vocabulary. So, um, how to apply in practice that. Data Cube vocabulary, which sometimes has variations within it. So um, a little bit, and I was chatting to one of our um, developers about it, a little bit like the RDF cube vocabulary. Everybody can communicate, but it's not always easy to communicate. So a little bit like if you're from Yorkshire trying to understand somebody from Aberdeen and vice versa, it would be good if we could narrow down that with some best practice approach to use the RDF Data Cube vocabulary. And W3C OGC standards. Um, there is a proposal for a new W3C um, group, as currently Bill Roberts, our CEO, sits on the um, Spatial Data on the Web working group. And there is currently a proposal for, for a slightly different group, but on the back of that. And one of the strands of their discussion would be um, how stats on the web can be published. So like a best practice about publishing statistics on the web. And we are keen to get people involved in that. So shortly, when I put up the thank you for coming fanfare slide. there is an email address there or please do come and speak to me um, and or you can contact hello at swirl.com if you're interested in any of this because it would be great and we are keen to have a wide range of people involved in this and their ideas. And, um, and also this is a big part of me coming here and talking today just about the project as a whole we would love it if people could get in touch If you could try stuff out, if you could give us feedback, Um, if you go to hello at opengovintelligence.eu, that's um, our email address to contact us with, but we are on Twitter at opengovint, and there is a website, opengovintelligence.eu also. So there are lots of ways to get in touch with us, so please do, because part of the point of this whole project is to involve people in it. So yeah, we'd love to hear your ideas. Thank you. Thanks very much.
1: Thanks very much, Sarah. Um, So if you are listening online, we'd love to hear questions from you. Please tweet us using the hashtag ODO Fridays. Um, And then if there are any questions from the floor, um, please wait till the microphone comes to you. You're not going to hear it like a normal microphone because it's for the benefit of people watching on YouTube. So don't worry that it's not on. So uh, I'm just going to kick off with a question. Um, So you had, there's so many really fascinating use cases, but for you personally, what do you think is the most exciting thing that could be achieved through using this technology?
0: I think that it's quite unifying. So there are great use cases, um, but for me personally, what I find encouraging about it is that the very the very point of making it accessible to people will open it up and will make it so that if somebody has a passion about something, data that was previously just for government can then be accessible to them and they don't have to know about RDF and they don't have to know about all of the link technology. They, they can use R or they could be using Mapbox or they can be using whatever they want to do and they can access it and make something themselves. So that. Personally, for me, that common theme of standardising the data and putting it on the web so people can use it to help their own services and their own interests, that, I think, that is the thing that is rocking for me. Thank you.
1: Okay, cool. Question over there?
0: Oh, Hannah? Hi. Hi. Um, how, how are these relationships initiated? So, like, the search and rescue, how... how do you develop the different stakeholders involved in that? Right, okay, so um, this is an EU project that we, uh, the Horizon 2020 EU project, that we applied to be part of and all of the stakeholders in the different pilots applied to be part of that. So I, I can't answer that question on their behalf but um, if you want to contact particularly the Irish project, um, it's Trevor Alcorn who's also an ODI trainer so he will be able to give you a bit more information about that Do you imagine a world where all data can be linked in this way and accessible in this way? Um, That would be a great world (laughs) that would be a good world Um, I think that this is certainly a good first step towards it and um, I don't want to oversimplify what is quite a technical field. But I think that maintaining the rigor of statistics on the web is really important for precise modeling. And so I think that this is a way of enabling that. So I, in answer to your question, I think this is a good step in this direction yeah
2: thank you hello this is a question just from an ordinary citizen Um, is there now a law in the eu that there should be open government information in all the eu states and if so to what level is this information? I mean, who det- determines what level that we can access? For I'm sure there are c- grounds of security, etc., that must be, we must stop. But, and if I put it in a simple way, if I go to a government office and I don't like the person who's dealing with me or they've dealt with me, I felt wrongly, could I look up how many people that person has processed over the years and how many people have made complaints about her or him?
0: Right, OK. Um, that's a really interesting question, and one that I personally can't answer. Sorry, but I do. I do. It does make me think that we are very fortunate in the UK because our levels of openness with data is uh, repeatedly comes out high, and that does make it easier to take that data and put it in a place that other people can access it and use stuff with it. Across the pilots, that's not always the case, and um, there are varying degrees within different countries of the levels of openness of data that they have to combat before they can even think about making it available in this way, so that is a really interesting question, I'm not qualified to answer, sorry, but uh, yes. me again. Again. (laughs) Once the pilots are over, what's the plan? Okay that's a really good question, thank you. Um, So the pilots being over, the the whole point of the best practice and the standards, the guidelines, hopefully will endure and also the tool, the JSON Cube API, that is being developed so that open statistical data can be accessed in the web interface for people making stuff with it, that can also be applied to other things. So the pilots are ways of testing those common threads I was talking about, ways of testing whether standardising data on the web is going to be beneficial and ways of testing that co-creation that involvement of a broader range of people in the design of a service and so the outcomes the tools the json cube api and the um and the best practices relating to rdf cube vocabulary they're the things that will hopefully come out at the end of it um, as well as the individual tools within the pilots Okay.
1: So, would you say overall that um, knowing SWIRL and knowing a little bit about swell? Um, it's quite about making things easy for people, making things really simple and easy for people who don't necessarily understand technical things. Would you say the audience of this project, you're looking at your more technical audience, your, more, um, your government less technical, or very much a mishmash of both?
0: Oh, okay, yeah, so that's a great question. Thank you. So at SWIRL, we publish linked data for government, um, and really the people who can and would want to use it are analysts, Analysts or statisticians um, or web developers, and so people who might not want to get involved with the data at um, like RDF level, but would want to make something out of it, so that they could show, you know, if they're interested in um, any correlation between crime or alcohol or you know um, anything with the even with the homeless hack that Jamie White from um, who works with us went to in Manchester. That all of that kind of use of data and having it available in a way that you can develop something with it, those people who can create something with the data are the people who would be, I think, the audience of it, yes. That's
1: really interesting because so often you see um,
0: people going far more technical or far
1: more government it's quite nice to see that there's that that bridge there I between think there them. there has
0: to be yeah in our um, in our recent conference Rick our CTO spoke about the data value chain in that you don't publish in isolation people don't use it in isolation but there does need to be a connection between and almost somebody who is able to talk to people who are making policy decisions but able to access the data and interpret the data and present it in a true way you can't put human emotion into it but present it in a way that is engaging so that somebody who wants access to it and to use it can mm. so yeah there is there, there are different people along the data value chain of which swell are one and Trafford um, are another and and so are all of the partners within each of the pilots and within the whole project actually cool.
1: Have we got any questions coming through on Twitter? Uh, Not yet. OK, well, I'll ask another one then. Sorry, it's me dominating. If anyone does have a question, please don't be shy. Please do ask away. Um, So you've kind of touched on this a little bit already. And at the risk of sounding a bit more like an interview, what does success really look like for um, OpenGov Intelligence?
0: Well, I think across the whole project, it is seeing within the pilots the standardization of data making an impact giving meaning to a public service so that's at a very high level with no detail but um, the, the pilots are all very different and that's fine the tools with which they with w- the tools they use and that they benefit from are coming from the same place that standardization of putting open statistical data on the web so yeah
2: I ask a uh, my wife and I recently had our DNA tested by an organization called 23andMe, and right. and we got back a 55-page summary of where we stood, where we came from, and lots of valuable medical data, right. and we were asked and we readily agreed to make this available to be shared with uh, whoever... Uh, 23 and me uh, required. So, what is, for example, the future of medical research in this broad plan, or is it too early to say?
0: Um, there are no medical research partners within this, so I'm unable to answer that. Um, what I can say is when Rob Sinclair from NHS Digital spoke at our recent event, he did um, flag up that line between privacy of data and the use of it and you know and so and i think that that is that is an issue that will be raised in lots of different areas but one that i can't answer personally
2: uh, may, may i just ask a couple of other yes, of course uh, you quick, can, yeah. quick questions um the, your current project uh, finishes in january 2019 2019. so it's secure within the brexit negotiations do you have any thoughts as to how uh, the uk may remain involved in this project
0: um well within the project itself the project will run till (coughs) 2019 and so that the project as a project isn't affected and um, with the wider question of the EU, I think there are probably people who are much better qualified than me to answer that one. So I'm going to completely swerve it. Right. <laughs>
2: okay. Well, then, uh, my, my second quick, quick question is, uh, uh, is there any scope uh, for getting public opinion on complex issues like the recent uh, Brexit referendum? which was a total disaster because uh, the politicians didn't ask the right question and neither did they explain uh, what the plans, even in any broad outline, even not in detail as to which route hard and soft might uh, follow. So we, we have a problem of, if you like, getting political opinion from ordinary people uh, and there is a massive problem of the standard of their education as to, to what depth they might understand it. But on the other hand, it's quite useful to get uh, public opinion on some of these issues so that politicians do ask us the right questions. There's scope, obviously, in such a project. Do you have any personal thoughts on that?
0: Do I have any personal thoughts on Brexit? No, no. That I don't wasn't think they would be appropriate. Sorry. Yeah. As
2: to whether there is any scope for accessing uh, public opinion on this. Oh, I complexes.
0: see. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Um, the scope of the project, as the project stands, we are asking for people to get in touch, but we are asking specifically related to the pilots that we're using. And so, if you are interested in wave energy off the coast of Ireland or if you're interested in emissions in Belgium or if you're interested in unemployment in Trafford and Greater Manchester Combined Authority then please get in touch with us if you are interested at a wider level on standardizing data and best practices for statistics on the web please get in touch with us but as to your specific question that's a that's an application of the Putting statistics on the web, you know, I mean, it's it's representing numbers about things and places is so vast that yes, you could apply it in theory to anything, including public opinion, if you did. But it's but it's not in the scope of this project. Ah, Thank you. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Um. I might be wrong in answering this question. I might have misunderstood the nature of the Belgium emissions project. But obviously, statistics are only good as the quality of data you get in. Has yeah. there been any conflict of interest issues in getting that kind of data in? Because I say that from a commercial perspective, I can see why companies might want to withhold that. So you'd only get a very sectional view of, say, carbon emissions from a very Mm. specific part of the industry Mm. that might not necessarily be as initially useful as one would hope.
0: Yeah. Well, the project deals with um, a public sector partner, and they are the ones who have the knowledge of the public service they want to address. So with the Belgian example, they are looking at policy making with regards to emissions and the permits that they give out and that data is coming from the public sector partner and the data within this project across all of um, the areas is coming from public sector partners. It is however drawing in something like the Lithuanian pilot, drawing in businesses and wanting entrepreneurs and businesses to come into the region but the data that they're using to engage those people um, and I do need to check on this, but my understanding with the Lithuanian one again is that it is public sector data, so I'm only able to answer from from this from the pilots within this project it we're looking at public sector data and not business data um and obviously that's a that's a very different ask depending on the organization I guess so
1: sure yeah. Give
2: me a second. Thanks. Um, so uh, G20 leaders are meeting kind of, uh, over the next few days. And obviously, one of the things they're going to be talking about is the Paris Agreement. Um, what role do you think linked data could play, or your product could possibly play, in kind of holding governments accountable for their national um, targets in terms of emissions?
0: Um, Thank you for that question, that's really interesting. Um, I think that it works both ways. I think that linked data could also benefit government because it encourages people to use their data. There's no point in data if it's not used. So um, I think it creates a conversation and it creates the potential for people to really look at a granular level at detailed observations um, to inform their argument, so I don't mean to be vague on that, but I I think the potential for it as a way of being a rigorous way of putting statistics, open statistics on the web is beneficial to both the provider of the service or, you know, government and and also the citizens and the civil community that they're trying to reach
2: because that, that all sounds great but what would be what do you think the main barriers would be to like all 190 countries or whatever it is kind yeah. of publishing that data yeah. in a standard format yeah
0: yeah yeah that's a great question um because every country will have its own resources that it wants to get dedicate to it so i guess resources is the thing i mean even even here within this country there will be local authorities or government departments who have more or less resources depending you know, on what they are allocated so resources is a thing, time is a big thing um, and openness of data within that country is a big barrier as well and that conversation about if you are going to put statistics on the web so that they are accessible via an API for people who want to make useful stuff with it there needs to be the best practices, that kind of conversation about standardizing statistics on the web so that you're not, you're not left with the same situation of that fragmented, incompatible number of data sets. OK, Is
1: there any final questions coming through? I think so that is it so we will wrap it up so let's uh, say thank you once again to Sarah thank you so much for listening and having me thank you Um, thank you for joining us um, and see you next Friday
0: you've been listening to a Friday lunchtime lecture brought to you by the Open Data Institute